This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What's going on, guys? I'm Faraz Siddiqui from Upper Hand Fantasy. Let's review this massive Russell Wilson trade and how it affects the fantasy football landscape from both a redraft and dynasty perspective. I think one thing that's up for debate right now is where Russell Wilson falls in the pecking order of these quarterbacks in the NFL. Is he top tier? Is he top five? Is he middle of the pack? I've been saying this for a few years now, especially on my Instagram Russell Wilson has been limited by the offense that he's been on. Now, I've been complaining about Brian Schottenheimer this whole time, but now that he's been gone for a year, we know that Pete Carroll's running the show. Now, at this NFL Combine that just passed, Pete Carroll was talking about why they didn't succeed on offense, and he literally said, we needed to run the ball better and more. At the end of the 2020 season, going into 2021, Pete Carroll literally said the same thing, and I quote, we have to run the ball better. That was his solution when he had Russell Wilson, Tal Lockett, and DK Metcalf, and no reliable running back. Now moving to Denver, what is the first thing that new head coach Nathaniel Hackett said about how he wants to run that offense? And you want to take shots down the field. I mean, let's all face it, that's what the people in the stands love. That's what I want Russell Wilson's head coach to say. Among all 23 quarterbacks in the league last year that had 50 or more deep pass attempts, meaning 20 yards or more, Russell Wilson did so at the highest rate. He was also fifth in deep pass passer rating among those quarterbacks. Now going to Denver, he's not going to have DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. He does have Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and a couple other weapons, and that's great. I do think that is a downgrade in terms of weaponry, but I think the system in Denver is going to elevate those two guys to a point where you're going to be wondering what could have been with DK Metcalf, with Tyler Lockett, uh, and what their ceilings could have been if they were in a more pass-heavy offense. I don't even need a pass-heavy offense. I just want a coach that could be balanced. I want a coach that doesn't just want to run the ball more. I equate Denver trading for Russell Wilson to the Rams trading for Matthew Stafford. A late career revival is on the horizon for Russell Wilson, and I think the same people that were sleeping on Matt Stafford you know, thinking that Matt Stafford wasn't going to do much for the Rams. I think those same people are going to be the same ones sleeping on Russell Wilson this year. All this team really needed was a quarterback to contend. They already had all the pieces on offense. From a fantasy perspective for Russell Wilson, think about the quarterbacks he's going to have to go against on a regular basis. Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. This is what you want for fantasy. They're going to let him cook, and then he has to go up against these juggernaut type of offenses moving forward. This is exactly what you want. You want those shootouts. You want him going up against these type of quarterbacks. Please go ahead and like this video if you haven't done so already. It'll help a ton. But anyway, let's move on to Russell Wilson's new wide receivers, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Now, I'm not forgetting about KJ Hamler. I'm not forgetting about Tim Patrick. You know, KJ Hamler might make you think about that Russell Wilson, you know, Tyler Lockett connection, but it's very possible that KJ Hamler, you know, is more Paul Richardson than Tyler Lockett, okay? So just throwing that out there. 
Now, Tim Patrick has been good. He's been solid with opportunity and targets can be more widely distributed than we want or than we think. We have to kind of keep all of those possibilities in mind. But I think about, you know, who is gonna demand targets on this offense? And the first guy I think about is Cortland Sutton. He had 124 targets in 2019, had his breakout season, tore his ACL early in 2020, and going into 2022, he'll be two years removed from that ACL injury. And he didn't really look right last year. Now, we were just talking about Russell Wilson being good at that deep ball. And we were just talking about Nathaniel Hackett wanting to, to run an offense where they attack downfield. And, you know, you might think of KJ Hamler and that speed. But the first guy I think about is Corton Sutton. Because not only is he good down the field, but he's also going to demand targets. And he's also shown that he could be an alpha wide receiver. Now, in that 2019 breakout season, he was fourth in deep yards per route run. He was behind Stephon Diggs, Amari Cooper, and Tyreek Hill. That's it. He was first in contested catches on deep balls. And among all wide receivers that year with 100 or more targets, he was 12th in yards per route run. And that was with Joe Flacco and Drew Locke as his quarterback that year. He has shown that he could be a true number one wide receiver in this league. And I'd bet on him having a wide receiver two season at the very least. And on top of all that, he might be cheaper than Jerry Judy in 2022 drafts. Now, Judy had a lot of hiccups his rookie year, but he still had a pretty good season. A lot of expectations were placed on him coming into last season, him fitting with Teddy Bridgewater's style of play, uh, but he had that high ankle injury very early in the season. That didn't do him right, and then the targets were extremely distributed with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Now, Matt Harmon graded Jerry Judy very well in his reception perception profile during his rookie year. Now, in that profile, he showed that he could separate very well against man coverage, against press coverage, uh, and it doesn't seem like there's going to be any issue for him to be able to play and win on the outside. He could turn into one of the league's best route runners and separate because of that. It's important. And I'm definitely going to be paying attention to his profile from the 2021 season as Matt Harmon puts that out throughout the offseason. But that high ankle sprain could have affected him throughout the year. Right, It happens all the time to a lot of players. They aren't as effective as they were before that high ankle sprain. Now, you could be like, you know, I'm going to go after Tim Patrick. He's going to be much cheaper than those two guys. And I get it. You know, he's he'll be fine. Spot starts here and there, sure, if one of these guys miss. But does he really have the upside that Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton does? I don't think he does. So that's why I'm not going to be chasing after Tim Patrick. You know, late, late in drafts, I'm going to be going for guys with massive upside. I either want a guy who's going to boom or completely bust. I can cut him. I can draft somebody. I can pick somebody else up. So I'm really going to be targeting Judy Sutton. I really want to see what Judy's price ends up being at. I have a feeling that Cortland Sutton is going to be cheaper than Judy. Uh, and if that's the case, I think Sutton is the guy that I'm going to be aiming for in redraft this season. Now, I think there's going to be a tighter target distribution like there was in Green Bay. Sutton, Judy at the top followed by Tim Patrick and Albert O, and then followed by the running backs, whether that's just Javante Williams, whether that's Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, whether that's Javante Williams and some other 1B. Now, as far as Javante Williams goes, obviously adding Russell Wilson to the mix makes him much more appealing because this is going to be a much better offense. But for me, in order for me to pick Javante Williams early in the first round or in the first round, Melvin Gordon he can't be there. Not only can Melvin Gordon not be there, but I don't want to see them sign a pass catching specialist either. Uh, Melvin Gordon was, you know, the primary passing down back last year, but Javante Williams 
played a huge role in that part of the game as well. And that's part of the reason why I do think that Javante Williams is going to be a three-down back next season, but we'll see. There's no guarantee. Now, Albert O becomes very interesting because Noah Fant was also sent to Seattle in this deal. It's very likely that Albert O now will get full route participation, which is awesome. That's what we want to see out of tight ends. Now, does he have like top three, top four upside? I don't think so, but he did well with his opportunities last year. This might surprise you, but Albert O led all the Broncos in targets per route run last year. According to playerprofiler.com, he's in the 100th percentile in speed. What does that mean? He's fast as hell. He was also sixth among all tight ends with at least 40 targets last year in yards per route run. He has the makings of a solid tight end one uh, who will likely be going later in drafts. Just keep in mind that there is a potential for a wider target distribution given all the weapons that they have, right? KJ Hamler could be very involved, Tim Patrick can be very involved, but at the same time, I think, you know, if Albert O is running 80% or more of routes, he could be a tight end one easily. And by the way, Russell Wilson has targeted his tight end around 20% over the last four years. And if you ask me, that's a lot, considering the fact that DK Metcalf and Tal Lockett were on the field. Now, DK Metcalf's price, he won't be 25 until the end of this upcoming season. He has a ton of years left. There's a ton of time for Pete Carroll to move on. I don't think Pete Carroll is going to survive there without Russell Wilson. It's either that or Metcalf potentially gets moved as part of their rebuild process. You might have to stick it out for a year, knowing that he's not gonna be anywhere near his ceiling, but hopefully that only lasts for a year. Hopefully they get their quarterback. Hopefully Pete Carroll is gone, but he does have a lot of years left to make that happen. Now, without Russ, Tyler Lockett becomes a little bit less appealing to me. Russell Wilson just knew where Tyler Lockett was on the field at all times. It's very Rodgers-Adams-like, Obviously, it's a different type of connection, but that's the type of connection that I feel. So, like, Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson kind of give me that same energy. Like, they just belong together. Now, I'm not saying that Tyler Lockett can't produce with another quarterback. He's a great wide receiver. But I just don't think that Tyler Lockett is going to have as many of those boom games that I love him for. Like, I'm a guy who embraces variance. I will start guys like Tyler Lockett in my lineup every single week because he's going to be part of the reason why I win weeks. I don't care if he's consistent. I don't care if he does it every week. He doesn't need to. But as long as he does it, more often than not, he's going to win me weeks. And without Russell Wilson, I just don't know that he's going to be able to do that. Especially if Pete Carroll sticks around. He's turning 30 in September. I'm not sure I'll be targeting him in redraft leagues, you know, unless they get someone like Deshaun Watson. We'll see if those rumors are true. Now, I don't think I'm going to sell Lockett in Dynasty because I think a lot of people will have the same type of sentiment that I do. I don't want to undersell him because he could still be productive. Maybe he's one of those guys that you kind of just ride till the wheels fall off. Hey, yo! Or you kind of sell him after he has a few big games. Now, unfortunately for Noah Fant, he most likely becomes the third fiddle on a run-heavy offense. Now, Gerald Everett is likely going to be a free agent, so Noah Fant will also potentially get that full route participation that we love. And because of that, he is worth paying attention to this season. But I don't think I'm going to be targeting him assuming Tyler Lock is still there, assuming DK Metcalf is still there, and assuming their quarterback situation still stinks. We'll see who ends up as the quarterback in Seattle. Maybe there's some truth to those Deshaun Watson rumors. All right, there we have it. So much fantasy fallout from this Russell Wilson trade. If you like this video and you haven't done so already, please go ahead and like the video. 
And if you want to see more content like this, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Also check me out on Instagram at upperhandfantasy. That's where most of my content lives. I'm just trying to grow this YouTube channel as well. So thank you guys for watching. I appreciate it. Until next time, see ya.